Tanya for the tenth of Adashani, but first the story. Shmuel Munkus one year before Yom Kippur was preparing for the holiest day of the year, and as he was, a woman came into the shul and told and started walk, walking around collecting money for her husband who was imprisoned. In those days, when people owed the landlord money, the landlords could do whatever they wanted, and usually they just threw the person in jail and just let them sit. And their family had to find money to to redeem them and pay pay their fees. And if they didn't, they just sat in jail, and the, the landlord couldn't care less. And this woman was collecting Arab kippah, so she came to Shmuel Munkus. So Shmuel Munkus asked her how much more money she needs, and she needed a quite a very large amount of money. So Shmuel Munkus realized. He was preparing for Yom Kippur, but there was a Jew that was in prison. He had to take care of it. So he stood up and he started collecting. And he left and he went around the city collecting money. And as it started getting later and later, closer to Yom Kippur, actually, you know, the night of Yom Kippur, Shmuel Lucas realized he was still missing a lot of money. And he started getting desperate. And so he um, started going to more people and collecting faster, but it wasn't working. He was, he was still missing a lot. And then he stumbled upon the, the pub at the very edge of the tavern, the very edge of town, and he decided to give it a try inside there. And of course, the people that are there, Arabian Kippur, are not exactly the types of people that would sponsor. But he went inside, he started collecting, and he got a uh, he got a little bit of money, but it wasn't enough, and it was coming getting very close to him, Kippur. And then he saw there was a few people in the corner, and they were collecting on very they were um, um, gambling on very high stakes. So he goes to them and says, "Do you want to sponsor?" There's a person stuck in jail, and they need they need some help, and the people weren't interested. But then they decided they want to have some sport out of it. And to make a long story short, they told him like this. They said, listen, we have a massive pot that we're gambling on in the middle of the table. You want to have a third of it? Drink a massive jug of vodka and you'll have a third. So Shmuel didn't hesitate. He made a bracha and drank the jug. And they gave him the money. And then they said, you know what? You want another third? Drink another jug. So he, at this point, it's getting dangerous. But he took another jug of vodka. And they finished off and said, you know what, you want the rest of the money, you want all the money, drink one more jug of it. And this was just pure entertainment for them. For him, he was saving a Jew's life. And so he told them like this, he said, listen, I'll do it. Give me the money, but you need to help me bring me to the nobleman who who has this Jewish person in jail and let me and, and help me pay my debts and then bring me to the show and then I'll do it up. They, for them, this was absolute entertainment. And so he drank the third jug of vodka and that he brought, they brought him to the domain, he paid off the debt, the man was saved, and he, they brought him to Shul just as, a, as the community was starting Kol Nidre. Shumunkus walks into the Shul, and he sees that the opening the iron, and he was very, very drunk, and he sees the iron opening, and he assumed in his drunkenness that it was Simchas Torah, the opening the iron to start dancing the Torah. So he starts screaming out the customary start of the Torah, the Harish Ladas, You've revealed yourself. So we should know you that you, there's nothing else besides for you, the possible. And the, meanwhile, everyone was horrified. Is Ariam Kippen Shmukas was a person that made jokes, but this was pulling the joke a lot of really, really far, screaming by Kolnitze Atareza. And they were about to start screaming, and Al-Tabba told them he's already holding my Simchas Torah. And they left them alone. The so far in the Tanya where we hold, we're talking about chapter 36, and 36 is an integral part of Tanya. Unfortunately, or fortunately, Many people are aware of this idea now because the Tanya has become so popularized. But this 36 is so revolutionary because it, it deals with things that people haven't focused on for, for millennia. Now, thank God, it's been become very popular. And that is 
the idea of making a Jira that this world, the whole purpose of everything, the higher worlds and lower, all the things that people learn in Kabbalah, all those high worlds, it's all in order for this world. And what's the point of this world? For the, this world to be a dwelling place for God. The, the, so this is the purpose of it all. And as explained yesterday, Mashiach isn't a reward or a, a thank you for dealing with 5,000 years of suffering. No, Mashiach is the point of this world. Until now, we're preparing this world to be what? To be a true dwelling place for God, that God's um, um, Torah light could shine freely through the waters. We're going to spend it today's time now, what we're going to experience by Mashiach, this, this revelation of godliness, it also happened a little bit at the time of the giving of the Torah. Well, actually, it happened at the time of the giving of the Torah. We had that feeling at the time of the giving of the Torah, but it, was, it wasn't sustainable, as we'll explain in tomorrow's time. As it's written, You, God, revealed to us in order to know that God is our God there's nothing else besides God this Pasuk is what happened this Pasuk is what happened with us at the time of the giving of the Torah that God revealed himself to us so we should know there's no one else beside him that you revealed yourself with actual with actual vision we were actually able to visualize God, whatever that means, to the degree that human, a human being can actually. But we had this incredible revelation of God at the giving of the Torah. like it's written, weird things happened at the giving of the Torah. Things are described in the Torah as, as being um, supernatural, but the entire dynamic of the, of the world as we know it, with the rules and the system that the world has to operate by, it was entirely broken apart. And the world just started running on an entirely different spectrum where audible things were visual, visual things were audible. People were able to feel and sense godliness. And it wasn't something that was, was physical anymore. They could actually feel the spirituality flowing out of the physical. The famous story of Alta looking at the beam, for example. We don't have time to, the point is, the giving of the Torah had this incredible experience. It wasn't, it wasn't sustainable, even at the time. The Jewish people, as we're going to mention in a moment, they, they, the entire system broke down. It wasn't, they weren't used to this type of revelation. But that's the type of revelation that existed, at least for a little moment, with the giving of the Torah. And then when Shia comes, we're going to actually have this. The, there's a there's a Shmois Rabban. The Shmois Rabban says like this, that every direction where they turn their ears towards, they heard Hashem's voice coming from that direction. So the, uh, up, down, left, right, north, south, east, west, up and down, all six directions, Hashem's voice emanated from every every one of those directions. That's not really possible. That's that's actually an impossibility. But again, it, well, we're not talking about the physical world as we know it. It was a physical world, but without the rules and the limitations that are usually placed upon this world. There was no place which God didn't speak to them. God was speaking to them from everywhere, all at the same time. How is it possible that this revelation came to the Jewish people? The, the, the train tracks, let's call it, that the train of godliness travels along, that train tracks is Torah. Torah is called Oiz, and it's power. It gives power for the tzaddikim in the times of Mashiach to receive the energy of God, but also that giving of the Torah, giving of the Torah, we were able to tap into that energy. And Hashem said, okay, you, the Jewish people are ready for the, for the Mashiach type of energy. I'll start giving it to you. 
Hashem used the Torah as a vehicle to give us light, to give his, us his light. And that light with the giving of the Torah came to us. Like we even say, and it came by way of the Torah, of course. And like we say in Davening three times a day, the light of your face, the Satellan, you gave us the Torah. When we receive the Torah, we got the innermost will of God, and this this energy travels along the Torah. The Jewish people started receiving this energy, and the energy was unbelievably great. It was humbling and awe-inspiring. And what happened was, it was it was just too much. They in, they were in touch with such raw godliness, and as we explained in chapter six of Tanya. God is able to dwell in places that are entirely nullified to him. But being nullified to God means that there was no existence of people. People just stood there and then they were entirely nullified to God. They, they just fell back within godliness. And that falling back in godliness means also death. Then the shaman's just left. The shaman, by nature, as we explained earlier in the time, just wants to connect to God, like a flame rushing up to, to its source around the world. The soul wants to rush into God. So the people, Jewish people standing around Hasinah experienced this incredible rush of godliness and all that the Shamans wanted to do was connect to that, touch that. And when they touched that, it became entirely nullified because they just fell back within their source in godliness. Every single word that God said, it was too much. And it wasn't that they killed them because it was too They just, they felt the godliness, the soul rushed towards its source and that was that. And God had to make them back alive. So God had to bring them back alive. What did he bring them back alive? The Chachamim explained. They brought them back alive with a special dew. The Gemara Shabbos talks about a special dew. This is the dew that, he, that Hashem brought them back alive in the times of Matan um, And also the same um, um, the same do that's going to bring us back, bring the people back with the with the coming of Mashiach. And this is the do of Torah, which is called strength. And and the very interesting part: Torah is Hashem to me. Torah of Hashem is is Tamim is 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 perfect. Mashivas Nafish it brings back people um, back to the soul. We have precedent for our Torah all the time. The Torah is a power that has the power to re re um, give energy and existence to people. Like the Chachamim say, "Call Isaac Betayer." Anyone that involves himself in Torah, Tal Torah Mechayeh. When Mashiach comes, the dew of Torah will bring him back alive. Simply put, and tomorrow Tanya we're going to talk about what happened after about Torah. But simply put, today's Tanya is saying a very simple idea: the power of Torah and the giving of the Torah was a revelation like Mashiach. And even though it isn't wasn't sustainable, as we're going to explain tomorrow, that Torah power has the power to bring back alive. That the power of life was inside of it, and that's it. That's and that purpose of this world is in order for us to utilize that and bring this world to a place where we can actually really be in touch with the power of Torah. Thanks so much for joining. Tanya, Tanya, Elizabeth, 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 El